This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. Hey guys, this is Angel Garza, superstar from WWE, and you are listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, to the most fresh news of the wrestling, so keep listening, and just remember one thing, El Latino está en la casa, baby. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, our patron mailbag series, episode number 26. In my Miller Lite t-shirt with a Miller Lite in hand, my name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, trying to wrap my head around the fact that today today is day one of two days of WrestleMania. Day and there's not going to be a single person in the crowd. Not, not a single person in the crowd, Nick. Yeah. What is What in the world is happening? Why, why are we having what? the first ever two-night WrestleMania with no crowd to appreciate or cheer it? Here's the fun irony know. of that, though. I think we might be on the verge of the most watched WrestleMania of all time because of the situation that we're currently facing, because everybody's at home. I think we might be seeing some crazy record numbers of viewership and pay-per-view buys tonight. I'm gut hunch. Call it that, if hmm. you will. I, I, I'm curious to see the numbers as well, since we're all stuck here at home, yeah. or most of us are. Some of us are working 12-hour days. I'm looking at some of our listeners who are out there busting their butts, and thank you guys for keeping the wheels rolling. Yes. We appreciate that, uh, those of us who are being forced to stay at home. But that being said, that is no excuse to be lazy, Nick. You and I are still working hard. We actually have a, a whole weekend worth of stuff planned uh, for for these crazy times, and I'm looking forward to buckling down on that. It's going to be a nuts day today. we got to do this show, immediately lock in our bets, get those over to going in raw, and then we got to start watching the show, do our Discord chat for the entire time, and then afterwards, you and I are going to do a recap show immediately after WrestleMania. Yes, right here on What's YouTube, guys. We're going to be right back here on the YouTube, the tubes of you, to do just like we did last night. Immediately, There's so much going on this weekend. We didn't want to miss any of it. We didn't want to wait till Tuesday to break it all down for you. We're going to do it immediately after both tonight and tomorrow night, both episodes of WrestleMania. So bonus content, guys. Heads up. Make sure you're ready for yeah. some more wrestling stuff immediately after each night of WrestleMania this weekend. And then I guess we'll have to figure out what we talk about on Tuesday, but I have a feeling that won't be a problem for us. But 
Yeah, today we're here to do our patron mailbag, which we do every Saturday, and it is brought to you by our wonderful patrons who send in their questions every single yes. week. If you'd like to get your questions in, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash BWO. All you got to be in is just that $5 tier or higher. If you want to get some bonus episodes, some sweet swag, Skype calls with Nick and Surrey and Dangerous, all the t- uh, every single month you can get all that too, but to send your questions in, Every single week, four times a month, just $5 a month. $5 mm. to get your questions $5. in every single week. Dollars. You definitely thank you to everyone who yep. yeah, every, thank you to everyone who already is our patron by the way. You guys are awesome. You're the you're the reason we are able to do this show. You are the grease in our wheels. You are the wind beneath our wings. Thank you very much for that. And if you're not a patron yet, Nick, tell them how they join up. Yes, patreon.com/bwo is the way to do it. But for everything else that we're doing this weekend, there's two places you want to be. One Facebook. Come over and search for Busted Wide Open on Facebook. Like our page and send us a join request. We're going to be doing some watch party activities on our page, and we're going to be doing some postings and live chats and things like that in the Busted Wide Open discussion group, as well as you'll find links in there to our Discord community in various places, as well as in the comments below here, or in the description below, I should say, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're in the Discord for tonight and tomorrow (laughs) night. It is one of the liveliest places for fun wrestling chat. We do polls on each match. Thank you, Andy Jessup, for uh, being the poll master for all of that. Uh, But if listen, I want to give a warning. Sheriff McDonald is taking a nap right now, and he is arming up, looking for them spoiler posts in the group tonight. (laughs) So hat tip to the sheriff for his contributions, sheriff. Uh, But please do not post spoilers in the group tonight. Even those, like, gray area, I can't believe what happened in that match without any kind. Deleted. (laughs) Deleted. They're going to be gone. We're going to have, we're going to break Sheriff Jared McDonald. And he's going to become broken, broken. Yeah, two days, yeah. two days just, of broken Jared. Just, just delete. It's, he's just going to delete everything. <laughs> he's been given strict instructions to take no prisoners, hold no, no, no holds barred. Yeah. So, so you make it easy on the poor sheriff and keep those spoilers yes. in the Discord. Uh, it's going to be two days of it, so it's going to be very interesting to see how we how we manage that to keep the spoilers out of there before the second half tomorrow. Yes, so that's gonna be that's gonna be a little wild. Um, so yeah, the, the wild west, Nick. Nick, we're having to figure things out on our feet, just like WWE is. But that being said, that's no excuse for us to hold you guys up for hearing what we have in store for you today, yep. and what our lovely patrons sent to us, Nick. So let's get to the questions, and then then it's WrestleMania time. Then it's, we still got a lot oh to goodness. do, but uh, let's oh. let's rock through these real quick and uh, let's do, do give it. the best. Uh, we're going to kick things off with Brandon Monroe. He said, hey, fellas, on a weekly basis, I watched the clips from the week's Impact taping, and it made me think, what is your guys' opinion and thoughts on the history and story of Impact from TNA to Anthem to the current day Impact, uh, who have been some of your favorite wrestlers during its tenure, and what have been some positives and negatives in its life as a wrestling company? Thanks for everything you do for the community. And Chris White, I'm coming for you. Ooh. Shots Ooh. fired. Shots at the shot, there's, a there's a lot of, lot of shots, shots getting fired right now. There's a lot of shots being fired over on the Facebook discussion page right now. If you haven't seen, there's a whole lot of promos being cut. Uh, everyone's cutting promos on everybody else. There's some fantastic stuff in there. Um, I, I, I saw Xander Gabriel's last night, and I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I lost so Iron hard City at Wrestling. Royal Rumble, I tore my bicep. Wow. Damn! Mm. <laughs> I, I see you, Xander. Yeah, I, no, you, I know you feel him. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
But yeah, so good promos. Check those out. What are your but, thoughts uh, on the overall history of Impact? Where yeah, they come Impact. from? Where they are today? What are they doing? Like they're doing all their stuff on Twitch and replays. Yeah. And I feel like in a way they're hitting a niche audience that nobody else really is. They're trying to get to that younger crowd that spends a lot of time watching live streams. And sometimes that's gaming. Sometimes that's other thing. And I think that nobody else has really tapped into that quite yet as well as Impact yeah. has. Uh, that said, of, they don't have all. They, have they don't to. have the TV viewership that all of the other ones have. So, yeah. They they kind of have to because they really did um, burn a lot of TV uh, goodwill in the in the mid two thousand teens with some of the yeah. mismanagement going on in the company. There they they went through a whole bunch of of transitional stuff. Um, looking back at their entire history, I have to admit that for the most of their history, TNA was kind of my blind spot, and I had to play catch up on a lot of their stuff. Um, I did happen to catch. I was actually. Uh, my boys and I watched the very first TNA pay-per-view back in the day and I'll be damned if I can remember watching it. Yeah. You know, but it was, but at the same time, um, you know, I did catch it from time to time and try to keep up in as much as possible. And it was certainly a very fascinating company that was trying to do its own thing with the six sided ring, the X division where it wasn't really a cruiserweight division. It was just, they did crazy stuff. Right. Right, they like it was. I think technically for a while you had to be two twenty and under, but they were really loose with it. Like Kurt Angle was the champ at right. one point. Abyss was the champ at one point in the X division. Like they they kind of came and went if there was a weight limit, and it was kind of arbitrary. But um, but there was. A, but again, you can't really argue the talent that went through there, either on their way to somebody else, somewhere else, or that was built there. Uh, whether you know you had AJ Styles and Abyss, Chris Daniels. Um, or guys coming in from outside like Samoa Joe, Kurt Angle, right. Christian. Christian had a great career over there. Right. Um, you know, and it really kind of fell apart when Russo and, and Hogan and all of that kind of poison was injected in the late uh, late aughts, early teens. And then Daisy Carter just didn't know what the hell she was doing. I, from every from every report, sweet lady didn't know what she was doing. Yeah. And um, and also just I think. The other thing I've heard is that the kind of the ego of Jeff Jarrett really played into a lot of the troubles that they had at, at, at any point, pretty much. So um, it, it was kind of always one of those companies where you just went, man, they were so close so many times and yet so far away. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's a miracle they're alive. That's, that's the one thing I think historically people are going to look at and say, how the hell did Impact survive? All the stuff in the aughts, like all the crazy stuff that happened, all the it would it would be a whole show, Nick, just on all of the more than one show, maybe even I've I've heard podcasts go for hours and hours on all of the nuances of the business dealings in the aughts of what happened with TNA Impact, and that you know if you if you go back when it was even NWA and the championship was the NWA championship for a while there, yeah, um, which ultimately obviously Billy Corgan got his hands on and, and split off when he was ousted from NWA, which was a fascinating time period as well. Um, and one wonders, that's actually a, spe a good speculation, is what would have happened to Impact, to TNA, if Billy Corgan had actually been successful in buying it out? Hmm. Uh, and had and like folding, over, him, folding it all together. Yeah, or just what his vision was, because he actually yeah. had, I mean, he's, he's shown with NWA and, and the guys he's working with over there, who are also ex-Impact guys, Scott D'Amour, like they, they kind of know what they're doing in terms of presenting what, what they want to present. It's very specific. They're hitting a niche, and they're nailing it. They're knocking it out of the park. Yeah. So from that standpoint, one wonders what impact could have been. 
but then that's kind of the whole story of Impact is what would it have been if Hogan and Russo and all their guys had never gone there? Right. What would have happened if Jeff Hardy hadn't been a mess when he was over there in his matches with Sting? Like, there's a lot of what ifs with that company. I, I mostly slept. There was two two emotions that I had in the aughts with TNA. Um, I had no idea who AJ Styles was at the time. I had no idea who Samoa Joe was at the time. Of course, I knew Kurt Angle. He was one of the one people that was like pulling my eyes in that direction. But I was so much of an Attitude Era WWF WWE mark at the time. I scoffed and turned my nose up at the idea of a six sided ring. Like, what are you doing? This isn't well, MMA. You don't like, you you don't know? like AAA? Uh, the, uh, uh, AAA. Yeah, that was what I thought they were going for. So but, yeah. I, um, I will say that I slept on it. I've gone back absolutely and watched some of those amazing matches with Kurt Angle and oh. AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then I, I kind of skipped part of my hiatus from wrestling in the late aughts and early tens. Uh, and then I kind of came back and started keeping up with it again with Matt Hardy, broken Matt Hardy coming up. And then oh, I, way late, way late in the, yeah. yeah. And I, and now I'm paying a lot more attention to it with what's going on between Brian Cage, Sammy Callahan, Tessa Blanchard, all like in the past yeah. two, three years, I've really started keeping back up with it. And it's funny that they're coming back up at the same time that Corgan's coming back up with NWA, like we've seen in the last six or eight months. So I, I listen, I, I it has not been one of my top watched promotions, but the funny idea is is that I think it's got the it's got a lot of potential. I look at NWA and it's pro- it's a proving ground that studio wrestling can still stand tall. It's it's also look like there's innovation. AEW might be the biggest proponent here that there's opportunity to innovate in modern wrestling. So I listen, there's all kinds of opportunities out there. I have the highest hopes for Impact. I I, I think there's all kinds of stuff that they could do if they could get the right leadership, the right locker room and funding. And that's what I AEW they- proved. I think they're in a good spot right now. I think they're in a good spot. They're building. Um, the only, it's kind of funny how people have stopped talking about Tessa as much because of all the stuff that came out uh, about her being a bit of a backstage bully and, and possibly racist and all the rest of it. Like it, that's all just kind of went and quieted down. But yeah. at the same time, I feel like they're putting out a pretty consistently solid product right now. So yeah. there is a market for that. People are still watching it. It's just a matter of if they, if they can grow that market. So, and I wish best of luck to them. I like a lot of the performers over there, as you said. So, I'm, R- I'm R- RVD doing threesomes on Twitch though is probably not a good idea long term. Let's let's not. Well, uh, that's that's why him and Joey Ryan have done like a, a modern right to censor over there now. Was it the right. um, uh, cancel culture? So whatever they're calling it. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I I like how they're turning that ship. Martin the Englishman with thirteen dollars and four cents in the tip jar, kicking Martin, us thank off. You. Atta boy. Thank you so oh, much, brother. Man. Thank Good you luck tonight much. in the Pickums. You got some pretty yes. ambitious picks yourself, sir. I was just, I've <laughs> oh. been doing the spreadsheet for the last two or three hours that I normally do for all of these as you've sent your picks in to me. And prepare your buttholes, folks. It's it's oh gonna my. be it's gonna be ugly tonight. <laughs> the picks are all over the place. There is no there's not gonna be any one clear winner uh, by the time we get to the end of this two day affair. But thank you for the tip, Mr. Martin. Uh, next up, we got Josh Logan. Thank you, Brandon, for the great question, by the way. I feel like that could be an entire episode all on its own there with some love for impact. Uh, Josh Logan next up. All righty, I'm going to get my money's worth and ask a question and make a demand this week. Firstly, is there anyone else who made their name outside of WWE and actually continued to succeed other than AJ Styles? Keith Lee is winning the Rumble next year. Change my mind. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> I don't want to change your mind, I, but I don't, I don't think mind. you're correct. I, I have to think. I, yeah, he, he might win it in a couple of years. Yeah, he's still going to wait. Two years waste. before that happens. A couple years. I, I'm not going to say he's never going to win the Rumble, uh, but I think it might be a while. The Rumble is like, the way that they've been doing it is like, that's like the top guys or guys they want to shoot to yeah. the top. Roman's got Keith a couple Lee, more Rumble wins in his belt. Yeah, in man. His belt. <laughs> <laughs> Keith ain't Keith ain't headlining WrestleMania next year. I'll put it that way. Like, no. think about it when you're going to have Keith Lee headline WrestleMania. We got a couple years yet. Like, maybe, but not next year. Um, okay, who made their name outside of WWE? This is tough because what do you define as major name? Google, stop. Shut up. <laughs> this... The, the the government is now screaming at me from my from my Google nice. thing over the corner here. Um, <laughs> uh, I had one in my head a sec. Uh, Jericho is one I want to throw out there. He came in from well, WCW is, and say. landed his Y2J and knocked it out of the friggin' ballpark and has has been on a tear for the last twenty years since. But this is so. what I was gonna say. What do you consider making your name? AJ was a champion in TNA. He was a champion in Japan. Like he was a big deal before he came to WWE. Jericho was. Was uh, Finn Balor is a great? Is, that would be a good one too. Um, he was uh, not as I would argue not as big or as well known as AJ. He was much more Japan based, whereas AJ was yeah. here. AJ is going to stand out as being uh, uh, um, well phenomenal. He's going to stand out as being somewhat unique because of the length of his tenure and the breadth as well. Right. What I was going to say is is what would what would we consider? making your name somewhere else could you know is it something like jericho where you could be like a lesser champion in another company like an, a, a lower mid carter and, and that's major name like people know who you are or would you have to be like a top guy somewhere else he, like he said great, it he said it in his second part his call out of keith lee here keith lee was pwg champion only lost to walter and there's no, a reason. Well, make, hang on. Hang, 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 hang. There's a re he came into the NXT in the performance center in full sail, and people were already doing Keith Lee, Keith Lee. That all, mean that, that's the only that's stuff a, we saw in PWG. Right, that's though. a bunch of like that's because everyone in full sail, they they want to be like those people that know all the indie stuff, and they're like in with the 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 underground crowd. That's like no man. That's like people. That's like saying that people knew who Dead Kennedys were uh, in the 80s and 90s. Like they didn't. They, didn't, they might know who the Dead Kennedys are now. That's late to the game. Yeah. Like the, Keith Lee, people didn't know who Keith Lee was. You could see it. You can see it in our group. Uh, a, a lot of our listeners didn't know who Keith Lee was. We're we're biased because we did. We knew who he was. We're in L.A. We saw him work. Uh, he's he worked all over the country. Like people had an opportunity to see him, but he was very much an indie wrestler. And a lot of these guys were. You know, no one no one knew who El Generico was when Sami Zayn came into the 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 picture. They yeah. might they might know like the indie guys knew, but. It wasn't, I'm saying make your name as in like people know you. Like when Flair came to WWE, he was a household name. Yep. Right? He came over and he was he was only in WWE for like a short period of time, a year and a half at most. Uh, and then he left again. And then he came back in the 2000s and was a major fixture in WWE again. Um, I, I can't Fair. say he was a top guy. It's definitely not apples for apples with AJ because AJ, again, you know, uh, came in and was has been a top guy for years now. Five is, years is now. Is Goldberg a fair one? Goldberg, you could argue the same thing where he was just made a in huge a, name in a, with his flash. streak over in WCW until the merger and everything. So, but they still use him as a top guy. But he's yeah. more of like again, he's more of a um, a, a one-off draw. You know what I mean? They they use him now as a special attraction. Yeah. 
Um, Mankind, for example, was a major fixture in WCW right. and then a major fixture in ECW. And they repackaged him in W. That's the other thing is that it's tough. It's tough to say because only recently have they allowed people to keep their identities and keep their histories. When Mankind first came into WWE, they completely repackaged him. He wasn't Cactus. I mean, they allowed Cactus Jack to show up later on, but he'd been Cactus Jack for years and years and years. And they allowed him to bring the gimmick back just because he had a, he had a very unique take in his character where he could be different characters. That's unbelievable that he was three gimmicks at once like if you look at wrestling history that's nuts that they allowed him to do that he had the stipulation on here and continued to succeed that's kind of what i was saying is mankind and, uh, yeah. thrived he thrived in wwe but he was never like the top guy in wcw he had some like second tier feuds like a stuff with vader uh but he never really was the top guy and i'm trying to think of who was the top guy somewhere else big show for example was enormous in, in wcw pardon the pun yeah. but you could argue he was never a top guy. RVD was one of the major guys in ECW, but he was never really a top guy there. And he came to WWE and took a while for him to get to the top, and he didn't stay at the top that long. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. See, here's, here's the thing. A lot of the guys they poached in the 80s were huge territory stars. You know what I mean? Most of their roster were guys who were enormous in their territory, but there wasn't the same idea of this you know, global awareness of who these guys were. Part of it was you didn't, really know who these guys were, they would come in with these reputations, right, to the territories. Hulk Hogan was a massive territory star before he was poached by WWE. Sure. So And then left, and then came back. Right, and then so, they made him in huge. Yeah. So, but as far as AJ Styles, he certainly is unique in the modern era in terms of somebody. But then again, you know, who else has had AJ Styles' career? Very few people. No. Very few people. You can't look out Across there and say... Across four different promotions now, and he's been yeah. champion, or at least at the top of the card in all of them? Yeah, he's very unique. There's and not a whole lot of... There, there's very few other guys that you gotta can You got to go vote. like Jericho. Even Jericho has been most of the time with WWE. Like a little time in WCW, yeah. he has Smoky Mountain, and then lots of WWE, and then a little bit of Japan. You know, like it's, it's still on not the same level as AJ. Like he is a very unique beast. There's a lots of ones that are similar that yeah. you could say they had their own unique path, but AJ's career in and of itself is just very unique. Jacob in the chat with Booker T. I think that's a good example. Except, and I thought about Booker T, but then, then again, you had him being champ in WCW as they were falling off, and then he came to WWE, and they buried him at first. Yeah, I feel like he was an uh, accidental one as part of the fallout from the invasion. I, I just yeah. He's one of the invasion guys that got that ultimately had a better career than most of the other invasion guys. Yeah, but I don't. But again, not apples for apples with AJ Styles. I still don't think it's on AJ's level in terms of the career he had before he came to WWE and the career he had in WWE. That's kind of why I discounted Booker. I thought about Booker though, but WWE they ran AJ through the gauntlet. They made him lose to Chris Jericho at WrestleMania, um, which a lot of people were pissed about, but. But then he came back and was like the top guy for a few years there. He had a whole huge title run and everything. Like Booker yep. never had that in WWE. King of the Ring is pretty much like his biggest accolade. True. Uh, you know. True. Uh, I think he won the title though, didn't he? The heavyweight. Yes. Pretty sure. Yes. But he wasn't like the guy. Like AJ was the guy. I don't. I don't think we we could argue about that. But um, AJ's been yeah. the guy wherever he's been. Period. Right. 
That's kind of what I'm saying. And that's is, is that's the kind of that's poker. the trademark stamp of AJ Styles is like he's yeah. the guy wherever he, he goes is. somewhere and he's top guy. Yeah. Uh, Martha top with guys. five bucks top in the guys, tip dude, jar. Top. Thank you very oh. much, Martha. Thank, thank you, you, Martha. Thank you very much. Very sweet of you. Uh, and Josh, thank you very much for the question. I love that one. Uh, how how people transition between companies and whether or not they continue to succeed is is kind of a it's a very it's a big question. Uh, good, yeah. well, good one. Next up, Jonathan Malo uh, asked not a wrestling question. Malo, Malo, I think it's Malo. Uh, okay. I asked him about this the other day. I think it's Malo. Uh, not a wrestling question, but with some of the movie talk you guys have done lately, I'm curious. How would you <laughs> rank your top three favorite Joker performances? Hate to say Ooh. it, but excluding Mark Hamill. Since he was just what? voice, you're fired. You're not allowed to do that. The '90s what? cartoon is, is the best. You can't fire Mark Hamill. No. Almost every voice that I do he is the best. that has that somehow pulls from his performances. Hate to say it, but excluding him, he was just voice acting. Big Batman fan. Would love to hear He's your just opinion. Voice acting. You and to- you need to go hang out with Tony Schiavone. And if you think uh, Jim Cornette has a attic museum of wrestling, and Tony Schiavone's entire house is Batman. It's a lot of fun. Look it up oh, if you didn't really? know. Yeah, big time. Uh, top three performance: uh, Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson, Caesar uh, Romero. I, I I'm I got to buck the system. It, it dude, Mark Hamill's right there with it, dude. Joaquin, Mark, Mar- huh? Joaquin Phoenix. That movie was terrible. Ooh, shots fired. That movie was. But terrible. the movie was terrible. What was he terrible as Joker? I, Let's take I, the performance out of it. It's hard to. That movie's hard to watch, man. And I've tried twice. Wow. Yeah, I don't like it at all. Wow. Um, I, I just, I'm, I'm not a fan. I, he got all these accolades and all these awards and all this stuff and, you know, the best performer and all that stuff. And I'm just like, eh. eh. Heath Ledger set a bar that I don't think anybody's ever going to top. Sorry. Is it because it's a poor man's taxi driver uh, and it's, and it's, Pretending that it's much smarter than it is, or yeah. what is it that? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's trying, to, trying way too hard. I, right. I thought Joaquin. So, who's Phoenix your number one Joker? Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Same here. Uh, if, if if we're excluding Mark Hamill, which I think is is I'm gobsmacked. Heresy. I can't see that. Heresy. I've literally I've literally told Mark Hamill to his face over hot dogs that he's the best Joker. And he 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 said, oh, I don't know, Jack Nicholson. I'm like my Heath Ledger. I'm like, no, dude. You've got you. He's performed that more than anybody else. He performed the character more than anybody else. Uh, he has more nuances to the character. He he's able to do the really cartoony, out there, wacky stuff, but also make him absolutely terrifying. At this at the same time, he captures everything that you want in a Joker. Heath Ledger was just even Heath Ledger as great as his performance was. It was still a very like one note Joker in some ways. You know what I mean? If you look at Mark Hamill, the breadth of stuff he has, his, his Joker gets wacky, he gets funny, he gets silly. Heat's, his, his is a little bit more of like, it's, it keeps too cool. It's just like, it's too, I'm too cool to be really wacky. There's a couple of brief moments, but it's not on the level of Mark Hamill's. I think. Uh, I really gun to my head. Yeah, I want to give an honorable mention to, you can think what you want about the TV series Gotham. Uh, they, oh, they and they never fully delivered like all they never yeah. they never saw it all the way through. Unfortunately, I think his name's Cameron something. Cameron Cameron something. Cameron Mimi 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 Mimi. His was Cameron, fan. Mim, his Mim. his shit all over Joaquin Phoenix's performance. If I'm being completely honest, wow. I I thought that was a better portrayal. Yeah, 
it you could get you could put Joaquin Phoenix and and Robert De Niro side by side in Taxi Driver. I thought it was ironic that you also had Robert De Niro in Joker, um, <laughs> as king like king of comedy and Taxi Driver. Right, is just uh, anyway. Yeah, that's yeah. Well, that's a whole another whole another topic. We got to get back to wrestling. I'll throw actually. I will throw a um a quick shout out to uh, Wataru Takagi, who played Joker in uh, Batman Ninja. If you don't know who that actor is, a Japanese actor. Uh, when they when they took Harry Potter over to Japan, he played Dobby. He was Hammerhead in One Punch Man. He played Claptrap in Borderlands when they went over to Japan. Garfield, like he's actually a pretty big Japanese voice actor. So it's pretty cool that they got him to play Joker in Batman Ninja, which is like the anime Batman movie. Which is you had by me the way, Claptrap. I'm I'm done. Good. Sick. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's good. Anyway, throwing out good some question, love there. Jonathan. Uh, you, you will, you'll find some controversial stuff. You start asking us about movies. Uh, <laughs> next up, Jardy Dewanamaker. Hey guys, do you think up, there man? is any chance of Sting showing up in the Boneyard match this weekend? No. Uh, they could set up a match between Undertaker and Sting for SummerSlam or next year's WrestleMania and give Sting a proper retirement match. Thank you guys for being awesome. Uh, Have a nice day in WrestleMania weekend. I would thank you. I, I would love to see that, but it's just not yes. happening. It's he's I like done. I like Jardy booking. Yes. I am a fan of Jardy booking. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, Sting's back and spinal stenosis have other plans for you here. Uh, I'm afraid. Yeah, he is actually he's one of those guys who is unable to ever wrestle again. He is he's toast. Um, Again, I am I'm not Sting's doctor. I'm not Sting. They could be doing some sort of crazy thing where they're they're hiding his actual condition and they've done the same kind of radical surgery they did with Daniel Bryan and Edge and you know, he maybe has a couple more matches in him, but I think it's more like Stone Cold where they're just going to leave sleeping dogs lie when it comes to Sting. I am I am 99.9% certain of that. Um he I don't even know if he's going to show up as a character again. Would that be cool as hell? Hell yeah, dude. Would I love to see Undertaker and Sting? Yes. Would that mean Sting's probably going to go 0-3 in his matches, 0-2 at WrestleMania? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only downside. They're never going to let Sting beat Undertaker, so I, I no. kind of don't want to see that match at this point. Yeah. Just, yeah. So. I'm even, I'm, at this point, I'm regretting my picking of AJ Styles versus Undertaker, but I'm sticking with it because I'm locked you in. Think? I, I don't know what I'm you were thinking. I'm locked in. I'm what locked. You, I'm, oh. I wasn't the only one in the pickups. I hope you guys didn't. I weren't influenced by me doing it. But it's it's crazy, but it's crazy times right now, and you never know what's going to happen with WrestleMania. But it's a boneyard match, and I thinking back on it last night, I was like, why did I pick AJ Styles in a boneyard? Luckily, match? you haven't locked in your confidence bets yet, right. so you still have a chance to kind of right. save yourself. It will be one of the lower ones for sure. <laughs> yeah, I thank bet. you, Jardy. Great question there. Unfortunately, I think Sting, outside of yeah, a GM perspective, as a stretch. Maybe producer Maybe, backstage cool. as a stretch. Yeah. Uh, that's I think that's all we're going to see of Sting at this and point. I think, Go watch I think the Sting, uh, the twenty four on the network or the Chronicle, whichever one it was, uh, where they showed his injury and what he had to go through. Oh, it was it yeah. was pretty heartbreaking. I think Sting has stung. Yeah. Uh, next up, Rob Hutchins, uh, Dubstep Rob is what he is going to be yeah. called from this point forward. Patron number fifty. He you have been permanently stamped. Dubstep Rob. Hello, Same. gents. First and foremost, hope all is well in your world. Second, the tip train of last week got me wondering about the monetization of podcasts. Uh, I love that you don't play ads or read sounders midway through your program. Uh, I'm looking at you, Jericho. 
Uh, what makes the most money for you guys, Tip Jar or Patreon? What kind of percentage do the creators see from that? I guess the final question is, how can we support you more and more efficiently or effectively? Thanks for all the excellent content. Um, Thank you, Rob. Uh, how can you support us more effectively? I don't know. One, th- one thing I like for support is a good Omaha steak, and uh, I find that Omaha steaks are the best steaks because – no, I'm kidding. Uh, Nick, this is actually kind of more your question because yeah. you do run the books for the show. Yeah. So I'm just actually going to sit back and, and, and let you run this one because so, I, I basically – I get a check. <laughs> first, first of all, um, the way that it works is – Patreon is a – they take a small percentage. It's less than 10%. So Patreon is by far our largest monthly source of income. Uh, and it is – it's only variable based on the number of patrons that we have. Like there's – it's very linear as well, meaning that if we have more patrons, the percentage doesn't increase, right? If, if we have 1,000 patrons, the same percentage still goes to Patreon. So it's linear in that way. The tip jar the is fantastic as well, but it's also very variable based on what anybody wants to give. And yes, PayPal does take their transaction fee out of that because it's viewed as a service that we are giving. Now, there's some disputes about that. Patreon is by far, in a way, the best way to do it. We don't make a very large percentage on merch. Um, what I want to say, you asked a very poignant question. What is the best way to support the show? Uh, what is the most effective way to support the show? If you mean that monetarily, it's Patreon. If you mean that in general, it's word of mouth. It's the larger the audience gets out there, the the more the other stuff is going to grow as a byproduct of that. So if we can get our YouTube subscriptions up to a thousand, that puts us in a different tier in the algorithm of YouTube. That's why we want to get to it. Th- it's not just about the monetization and being able to do super chats and have ads on the videos. It also directly has a direct effect on the algorithm that we, where we're placed in the recommendations of YouTube. It's like, so, it's like inertia. It's like inertia. It basically. Absolutely. is. So right now we're pushing that giant mountain, that giant boulder up a mountain and we're trying to get like over Sisyphus. The, that peak. Definitely feeling Sisyphean. Yes. Uh, if we, there's two big hurdles. There's the thousand subscriber and then there's the hundred thousand subscriber. Uh, we're about to get over the thousand one. And there's kind of a little bit of a downhill kind of ah relief, but yeah, it's 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 really comes down to everything has a percentage. Uh, there's we we haven't really started doing ads because frankly I can say this because I also run Orbital Jigsaw. There's no easy way to do that. The reason Jericho does it so much is because they are backing up dump trucks of cash for him to read. And I'm talking about fifty to a hundred thousand dollars a month. A month <laughs> for him to say what he says on his podcast because every episode gets millions upon millions of downloads every week. Mm-hmm. So it's a different ball game when you're comparing when you compare those two. For right now, for us indie shows like this, direct support via Patreon or the tip jar is absolutely the best way to do it. I can't go out and get an ad deal for Blue Chew and expect that to be profitable for us because that is more of an affiliate relationship that we only get paid when you guys act and make purchases, right? So I've kind of made the strategic decision not to pursue a lot of those. We might in the future when we're big enough to garner an audience that may actually execute on buying stuff. But for right now, I feel like the the best support is just directly with you guys. And we love having that kind of intimate relationship with you guys where it's direct and one-on-one and and all of that without having to do do a lot of ad buys and things like that. So that's why when you hear an ad and they go use code Y two J at checkout, that's that's when you use that, 
Jericho gets a piece. Our orbital, our blueberry ad that we run at the beginning of every show is right. there's no monetization there. It's a business to business agreement that they're giving us a discount on products for us running that ad. We don't really make commission on that, but mm. it helps a lot of people uh, discover if they want to start a podcast for whatever reason, and they get a discount. So you guys get a benefit. We get free services from Blueberry from running that at the top of the show. So that's the breakdown. Full disclosure, I'm, I'm always going to be transparent with you guys. Thank you yep. very much uh, for that question. Uh, that's pretty much the breakdown. So there yeah, you go. but it's also it's also why like when tip trains like that happen, it's it actually percentage wise. Yeah, <laughs> literally, it's, it's, it's major. It's major. So it's it that was actually a really monumental thing for us. Like our us being really taken aback by that was, <laughs> we were we were legit shook because that is that is a big deal. Like that's, you, you know, know what that's else all, helps? That's that's all that's all for us when we look at the books and we say we're going to be making X amount a month. The tips is just gravy on top. We don't we don't we expect zero and anything that we get is gravy. When that happens, we just it's it's mind blowing. So. Totally. Yeah, that's why that was that was a big deal to us. Yeah. So and thank you guys again. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I from the bottom of my heart. Like, good lord. Uh, <sighs> next up, Alex asks, "What's up, guys? Uh, how are you guys? Hope you guys are still making it okay. Uh, so far, so good. Thanks to you guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thanks for keeping it going. My question this week is: If you could bring back, if bring any Fimic, ugh, let me try this again. <laughs> my question right. this week is: If you could bring any five gimmicks. From Lucha Underground into WWE, AEW, or Impact, what would they be and where would you put them? For him, it would be Killshot in AEW, Mil Muertes mm. in WWE, mm. Mm. King Cuer they haven't shown they know how to handle luchadors, uh, King Cuerno in Impact, I like that one. Uh, Interesting. Famous B in WWE, I really like that one. Okay. Uh, Son of Havoc in AEW. Kind of. He's already kind of been. What's interesting about this is Killshot's currently in NXT slash 205 Live. Mil Mortis is on the indies. King Cuerno is in NXT waiting to actually debut. Yeah. Uh, Famous B, I don't know where he is, but if you've been watching NXT, they just debuted a guy called Malcolm Bivens. Uh, he used to be Stokely Hathaway in, I believe, Impact and a few other places. And they've got the He's, John Stonebrand thing going with Chelsea Green, which right. is kind so of they're, Famous they're, B 2.0. Right. And then they and Son of Havoc has actually worked for AEW technically on their first pay per view. Yeah, uh, Matt Cross is, is Son of Havoc has worked for AEW, so that's it's actually interesting. But I think he's talking about their actual gimmicks, like you know the fact that he's this masked uh, biker guy for Son of Havoc instead of you know just Matt Cross working for them. Um, I think some of the Lucha Underground gimmicks only work in Lucha Underground because it's just such. A goony world, yeah. That they that they create. Um, so it's it's tough because I'd love to see storylines like they did in Lucha Underground somewhere else, but I don't think that most of them could pull it off. That being said, um, I've kind of wished that Pentagon, who is now just being portrayed as a luchador, who's kind of mean in AEW, was a little bit more like you know, satanic undead ninja warrior <laughs> with beef with the triads. like he was in Lucha underground. Right. Like it was just, it was just a little bit more extreme, a little bit more crazy. Whereas, you know, this just kind of, he's just kind of there in AEW. Um, you know, I, I, there's, there's a few of those I would like to, to see. Like, so if Mil Muertes showed up, here's a guy who's unkillable. 
you can always bring him back with the resurrection stone. Uh, how are you going to do that in any other wrestling company? Like, there's uh, the only one I can think of is Impact, where they've got Sue Young in the Dark World, and it's gotten a, it's gotten a little bit goony in that way. You could kind of have Mil Muertes over there, but aside from that, I don't. They, you couldn't really pull it off anywhere else because they're somewhat based in reality. You know, even Undertaker at this point is have is his stripping away some of the mystique, even though they sometimes do the whole undead warlock thing. Like it's still he's he's still he's Mark Calloway. I think you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think the kill shot military gimmick would have worked really well in WWE, especially if they had brought over a foil like a Dante Fox. And right. that, I think that could have worked. Um you right. do have so a lot of military issues. viewership and fandom in the WWE and they always they always appreciate the- and support the troops really hard. So I I think that would have played. It's a lot of the reason why they've steered Lacey Evans into her uh yeah, military, Corps, background. military background. What uh, if they broke recently. up the Forgotten Sons and used that storyline? They could. You know, uh That'd one of the one of the notes that you guys didn't hear on Jackson's promo is the rest of the message that he sent to us that was awesome. Um yeah. and basically saying, you know, Semper Fi, they're all ex-Marines, right, in case you didn't know that. So the, it's fantastic. I, I think the WWE could do service to a really proper military storyline like they did with Killshot and Fox, leaving a brother behind to save yourself, that kind of stuff. You know, right. it, 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 it was, it was a, a miscommunication. great dynamic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Even though it was just a – yeah, exactly. It was really right. You know, now here's the thing. You know what gimmick – and this is funny considering the guy's history. You know what gimmick I think could work – in any of those companies. Marty um, the Moth. Yep, exactly. That's the next Ma- one I was going to say. Marty the Moth, and you could even bring in Mariposa as well. Sure. Psycho stalker guy, um, on the level and intensity that he brought to that, I don't know if that's been done. They've had stalker gimmicks before. They've had some, you know, oh, Austin's got a gun. Wendy. They've had stuff like stalker stuff before. They've never had anything I don't think that I can off the top of my head on the level of Marty the Moth. Yeah. The way that like the depths of depravity that that guy got to. And you might not be able to get there at WWE. You could with AEW. You probably could with Impact. But the fact that Marty's not working right now is a damn crime because that guy was fantastic. Yep. In, uh, in, 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 in Lucha Underground. When you guys so hear me be- talk about Brody Lee and the Exalted One and my hopes and wishes for it, it's basically on the level of Vampiro in at the end of season one. Like I want him to mastermind something yeah. like what he did oh, with Pentagon to turn him from junior to Pentagon Dark uh in, in season two and like you know, fulfill his destiny, right? Like some big existential story like that. That's what I want Exalted One to be doing. Not sitting around in a damn suit eating steak. <laughs> belittling people like Fishing that's why i get so been out of shape because i see the potential <laughs> in that uh but yeah i love the vampiro pentagon storyline from season one there's so much dynamic in there in all kinds yeah. of different ways i think you could pull something like that off in aew i don't think so in wwe that's one that i would love to see jay jay makes a good point they did try the stalker gimmick with ddp and and i didn't even rate that because it was just so poorly done like it was it was, what, recall it was a joke jokes about, when, DD, what was that? when when ddp came over in the invasion uh, there was someone who was stalking Undertaker's wife, Sarah, and they, he pulled off the mask, turned out it was DDP, and DDP went from being like a fan favorite, super over babyface, to a creepy, weird stalker who couldn't beat Undertaker's wife in a match. I don't even remember it was, that. It was <laughs> abysmal. It was one of the lowest points of a really low, awful time in, in WWE as far as, uh, as, as that overall 
that overall everything with the impact uh, with the um, yeah. invasion was just so terrible. It's but, amazing to me to bruh. see the level of talent and the amount of talent if you combine PWG and Lucha Underground that is now mainstream superstars across promotions in professional wrestling. The the pun intended impact that 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 those programs had and continue yeah. to have on uh, on modern wrestling. It's today. crazy you go watch it and you're like, God, I know everyone on this show. <laughs> yeah, somebody posted a PWG sort of superstar match. It was like an all-star match. I can't remember what that was. That, yeah. wasn't, that wasn't the Battle of Los Angeles we went to. It was... Uh, well, it's funny because Lucha Underground was actually largely because the, the showrunners for that show went to PWG and were like, this is fantastic. And they got in Vampiro got in touch with them. And so they basically became a hybrid of PWG at the time and uh, AAA. So it's basically a whole bunch of guys from AAA, a whole bunch of guys from PWG, and they made a show. Here's our show. And so it's it's crazy when you watch that show now. And pretty much everybody who's – like the only person I can think of who's not working somewhere else, even AR Fox is in Evolve right now. Like, But Marty, I don't know where the hell Marty is. Yeah. Like, pretty much uh, He's on Twitch doing workouts, which it's a very – he's still as crazy as he was on Lucha Underground. Go watch Good. his Twitch stream. It's a lot of fun. Um, before we move on to the next one, I want to say thanks, Alex. That was a fantastic question. But booyaka, booyaka. 619, Gerardo Garcia has dropped $6.19 in the tip jar. Thank you very much, thank sir. You, sir. Thank you, sir. San thank Diego, you. represent. Yep, indeed. Uh, we miss your Shane Shoe watch, by the way. I uh, just wanted to throw that out. I think that was Gerardo that used to well, do Well, because that. we don't really have Shane. That's true. <laughs> Fair no point. Shane. And I'm not mad at that. That's fine. We can't, we can't do the Rowan shirt watch when there's no Rowan. That's true. Uh, next up, Billy asks, uh, hope you're well out there in the groceries uh, of Colorado, Mr. Stickler. Oof. Good luck, man. Excuse me. Hoping all is well in your respective sides of the Don't world. Don't do my that, friend. Nick. Oh, God. Coronavirus. Got- no, I can't say it. Uh, last week, uh, my question was maybe a bit negative sounding, so let's be positive. WrestleMania 17 is widely regarded as the best WrestleMania. Hard to argue. Is. Yeah, uh, yep. yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. But what's the next couple? Uh, sure, many of them had good moments, but overall, I think 19 was a close second. Shawn Michaels and Jericho was great. Good women's match. Lesnar and Angle put on a technical classic to close the show. Uh, even Booker T and Triple H was okay outside of the ending. 23 was also up there as well. If nothing else, That's the two good. world title matches were two of the best of the year with Shawn Michaels and John Cena and Undertaker Batista. Yeah. Uh, so the question here is, what are the next couple if if we regard 17 uh, as the best WrestleMania? I mean, you could say 17 through 21 were all pretty solid. Yeah. Um, I was going to say 20. That uh, goes to Hollywood. Yeah. 21. Was uh, 21 well was Hollywood. 21 was Hollywood. Wasn't it? I'm pretty I'm sure. I'm pretty sure I remember the double X. I'd have to double check on that, though. Uh, 21 was... Fact uh, checkers uh, in the uh, chat. Go, find, go check for yeah. us. Uh, eight was underrated, I thought. Um, and then uh, uh, fourteen, of course, the the with uh, Michaels and Austin in the main event with uh, Mike Tyson as ref. That was actually a solid show from start to finish. A lot of great attitude era gimmicks in that one. It's a really good nostalgia one. And then we've had a couple of really good ones lately. Uh, thirty was thirty was of course superlative. If you go back and look at that card, it was great across the board. The only that was the one where Undertaker lost and Bray lost. Is the only problem with that show and even those like that's a momentous moment for undertaker it's just hard to watch him actually almost die <laughs> and then and then to actually watch bray's career almost die in that moment mm. but aside from that overall great wrestlemania top to bottom and 31 is actually i think underrated as well as being a fantastic wrestlemania yeah. with a ton of really memorable moments great matches uh 
you know, good outcomes. And, of course, the Seth Cashin at the end of the, of the Brock Roman match, which is one of the loudest pops, if not the loudest pop, I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. So, yeah, I, th- th- there's a couple more for you. Here's why I was remembering 20. Uh, and Jacob confirmed it was 21 goes to Hollywood. So thank you uh, for confirming that. 20, why it was the top of my mind, is because I've been watching too much Dark Side of the Ring and too much Ruthless Aggression. Uh, the, uh, we had Benoit, Triple H, and Michaels in a triple threat for the, for the World's Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Undertaker right. and Kane. Uh, we had um, what well, else 20, was 20, 20 is the one where uh, Benoit and uh, Eddie held, had both of the titles at the end, and it was a great e- exactly. finish. Yeah. Uh, Guerrero yeah. beat uh, Kurt Angle to, to retain. Um, that, was a, that was a big one. Yep. So 20 was, a, was one of the ones that I hold in high regard. 17 also as well. Um, yeah, 21 is memorable because of going to Hollywood. So, and I agree with you, 31. Uh, the build for Daniel Bryan was fantastic the seth cash in was fantastic um i'm trying to think of other but all those those are all like memorable moments like uh, like billy was saying they're not an overall yeah. pay-per-view like three three was three was had a memorable moment sure but on a great pay-per-view that's why i threw eight in there because eight like there's that um what was it it was a uh, heart and piper that had a great match there's a bunch of other matches it's, on that card i just i remember overshadowed by the silver dome and um uh, Andre and and Hogan, right? right. So uh, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. There you go. That's a few more. Good question, Billy. Uh, next up, uh, Josh asks, "Hey guys, first time question. Oh, this is not Josh Logan. This is Josh Sullivan. I need to start differentiating. We have multiple multiple Joshes now. Uh, thanks for the amazing community of fans you have gathered. Thank you very much. I'm amazed to see such thanks. civil discourse on wrestling after so much bickering on most <laughs> comment threads. We uh, we take a lot of pride in that, and we've been is, very yeah. harsh with people from time to time for trying to steer things in that direction. So, uh, yeah, no, no." Naughty, naughty. Don't do that stuff. Uh, so, again, thank you, guys. You're welcome. Thank you for uh, calling that out. To my question, this is a little off the mainstream, uh-oh, but I'm a huge fan of Chikara Pro Wrestling and was wondering if you guys had ever seen any, and if yes, who were your favorite standout talents that you saw? Now, I have not. I see you over there nodding your head, Sir Ian Dangerous. Uh, so I'm going to step out of the way and you uh, – jump in there well and unfortunately chikara is another one that i it's a bit of a blind spot for me as well i've seen a bunch of chikara matches but unfortunately it's one of those companies i never follow the storylines enough to really get invested in 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 those unfortunately i mean i I know that i know a lot of the talents that are over there uh i've you know i've seen ricochet work over there chucky t obviously um you know back when cesar was there as claudio castagnoli doing work with chris hero um seen a bunch of that stuff and obviously mike mike quackenbush you can't say Chikara without saying his name. So right. I've seen a lot of little things, but I don't know enough about it to say that I'm any sort of authority on Chikara. And it's one of those ones where every time I watch it, I'm like, damn, I should be watching more of this one. It's like that. And Progress is another one that I'm like, I, I tried to like keep up with and I just never could. And every time I watch a Chikara or a Chikara or a Progress show, I'm always like, damn, I should really watch more of that. Uh, DDT Pro Wrestling too. Uh, I want to get more into all Japan. There's all kinds of, of ones that I just, you know, there's only so many hours in the day and I just haven't had a chance to, to really dive into Chikara uh, beyond what I have seen, which I, I pretty much universally have enjoyed. Yeah, I struggle so. to keep up with Impact and Ring of Honor. Uh, some of these off-the-beaten-street off brands are, are a little bit harder to keep up with sometimes. Uh, so, yeah, thank you. Uh, good question, very uh, good. Believe me, and if I'd, I had, if I didn't need to sleep, all I would do is watch wrestling twenty four <laughs> hours a day. I promise. Yeah, 
I, I put it. I put on. Maybe I'll. You know, that's when I'll start like putting more of their stuff on. Yeah. A nice little bit. It's it, it just was one of those things where I'm reminded, like, oh yeah. Where are they based out? I should of? watch more Takara. Uh, they're based out of a few places, man. Um, the ones that I've seen have been in America, but uh, I'm trying to. Uh, they're out of Pennsylvania, I want to say. So yeah, U.S. for the most part, but they use they they employ a lot of luchadors. So yeah, and I've and I've seen them use some Jap- Japanese guys too. So yeah. I'll have to check that one out. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for calling sure. that out. Thanks for all the good comments. I appreciate it. Um, next up, Brad Shepard. Not ring size new. Not ringside news. Brad Shepard. <laughs> uh, hey no, guys. Not. We, have to define, so, we have to define that. Yes. So got a couple of questions here today. First is more of an observation. Uh, after reading Titan Screwed, which talks about WWE from the end of '96 through the end of '97 and the Montreal Screw Job, the Monday Night Wars, and the beginning of the Attitude Era, it was brought up several times how Vince would have that one shiny toy wrestler he wanted to push, and then he would wholesale dump to jump to the next shiny toy. This was obviously Bret Hart, then Shawn Michaels, and then Stone Cold. Why does Vince seem to focus on just one wrestler to push and not focus on the product as a whole? Do we want to talk about that one, or do we want to read the second part first? There, there's two, yeah, let's do that first. That's, a, right. that's a pretty big question. Um, uh, second, oh, you want to do this one first or read this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do okay. that real quick. That's, that's why, a so why, did, right why does Vince have one guy? Seemingly. Because because he has only so much attention span, he's got only so much ability to focus on multiple things. It's a huge company, there's lots of lots of moving parts, and it's actually something we've talked about on this show before that Vince t- seems to tend to hyper focus yeah. on pushing one guy, whether it's Hogan, whether it's uh, you know as 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 he said, Stone Cold, Brett, Shawn Michaels, whatever. Rock, yeah. Rock, um, you know, Shawn might have gone longer. If he hadn't hurt his back, Stone Cold might have gone longer. If he hadn't hurt his neck, Rock might have gone longer. If he hadn't gone to Hollywood, and then you have John Cena, and I think the John Cena is as close as you're ever going to see to Vince getting what he wants out of somebody. Yeah, you know, he's trying he to do leave. it again with Roman Reigns. He's, he's been, been trying. trying for five years, and the problem is, if you look at his record, it's either been stymied by injury or ego. Yeah, you know, and it's one of the reasons why. And he doesn't, I don't even think, realizes it when he says, oh, people are, they're, they're such wusses now in my company. They're not grabbing for the brass ring. Well, because you created an environment where people don't want to rock the boat because you don't want them to rock the boat because in the past people have rocked your boat and it screwed you over. So he's created an environment where people don't rock the boat. You don't screw with the big man or he buries you. And so they're, they're, they're a little bit more nervous to, you know, throw their egos around. Um, so yeah, it's it's unfortunate because Vince does have a little bit of myopia with that, and I think it's one of the big detriments of his company. It's like it, it, either either he likes you or he doesn't. If you're not in the sunshine, then you're in the dark. Is and this we've a, seen it with is, with you know recently with Cedric and Ricochet, uh, where where they're just gone all of a sudden. I'm, and maybe this, they're being is this a, the stove is hot kind of thing where he's just been burned? Literally and figuratively over the years between yet Stone Cold and Rock leaving, uh, Cena, like you said, was the savior uh, in a sense of, you know, from the mid 2000s and beyond. Um, but then you had CM Punk as well uh, and everything that but went CM down with Punk, that. He pushed him, but he was never going to be the guy, the top guy. You know what I mean? He was always going to be like, you know, kind of like the little bit below. But that was part of his con- that was part of his hype, though. So I, I don't. There was probably some level of support for 
doing that. He's, Vince saw money. Yeah. He's, he's not stupid. He saw yeah. money in it. But Cena was still the guy. It's kind of like right now, like Seth had a shot. Uh, Kevin Owens had a shot. Roman's still the guy. But but my point, that my original question here, my point is, is that he's, I don't know if he's still trying, he's trying to do that with Roman on it. It seems like it's on and off from time to time. Maybe that leukemia stuff has a lot to play with that. But I'm wondering if Vince is tired of getting burned and not investing that level of investment into any one particular superstar and that has this weird side effect of kind of watering things down a little bit when you don't have the big hype of one big guy coming out anymore. Undertaker might be the best example of the one that still comes out and get garners that level of hype. But yeah, that's that's tenure and yeah. just the nature of his gimmick as, as well. And he's you know, proven reliable. You know, he's I over mean, thirty years now. And to, if you think about it, the only other person that had been around as long as him was only people were Kane and Goldust. And Jericho, Kane was until a few Jericho. years ago. Yeah, Jericho. Uh, although, although technically Taker's been around in W. I mean, in WWE, longer than Jericho. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, but it was more that only Taker was really being used in that way. What were they doing with Goldust before he before he ditched the place? Nothing. And he was a great worker. <laughs> right. So it's <laughs> yeah, it's the and that's also the problem with him having a huge roster. Is it, it's just always been his thing. He's never really been able to look at more than just. What, hey, what you got today for Stone Cold? And that's actually it's something that we, you know, they, they, you hear in interviews where people are interviewed about those times and it's just Vince comes in and goes, what you got for Stone Cold? What do you have for The Rock? You know, he's not asking, what do you have for Mankind? He's not asking, what do you have for Perry Saturn? He doesn't right. care, right? He's only caring about the dudes at the flagship and everything else will fall in line. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, second part of his question, uh, and kind of goes along with the first part, why does it seem that WWE always refers to one particular wrestler as the one that packs the house at shows? I can understand studying merchandising trends and such, but wouldn't you think with prices of tickets and such that a lot of people are there to see more than one wrestler? If you think only one wrestler is bringing in all the fans, then why even have multiple matches on a show and just focus on that one match or story? Just trying to understand why WWE has such a problem reading their fans and getting the company over on a whole, rather than just trying to get one person over. That's actually going a long ways back to when it was a bit more of like a carnival kind of thing, and it also goes to like sporting events. People come for the main event, but you got to give them more for their money than just one match. You have to give them more than one person. You have to have, you know, when you go to the circus, it's not just, you know, there's, there's some people that come for the trapeze, there's some people that come for this, the clowns, some people come for the elephants. Whatever the main attraction is, you know, whether it's the the Zamboni brothers the, doing their crazy uh, acrobatics, whoever's you know bringing in the people, the the marquee talent, the ones that are the top of the bill, that's exciting everybody. You still have to fill out everything else, and that it goes for all forms of this kind of entertainment, um, where they've got to you know. But that's also why I think, as Vince, as an old school dude, sees everybody else as being lower tier, like they're just they're they're the appetizers. Okay, you've only got one steak. Yeah. And everyone's there for the steak. And you can give them the fries and you can give them the mashed potatoes, and you can give them the the zucchini and you can give them the uh the rice and you can give them the whatever, the the duck l'orange, you can give them the the shrimp. But they're there for the steak. Now, not everybody's there for the steak. Some people might actually be there for the other stuff. But he's only concerned about the steak because that's what he's basing his whole thing on. This is a steak restaurant. Yep. Right? Um, and he drives everything for that, right? So when it comes to merch sales, who are the people that have the most merch out there? The people that are selling the most merch. And it seems like that's a, that's, re- it's redundant. 
and it is. It is kind of a, you know, it's a it's a self fulfilling prophecy. It's a self it's a self ending cycle, where you know you've got guys like Zach Ryder, and you're like, why isn't he getting over? And he's sitting there going, well, they never have any of my merch at the tables. Like you have to search online to find Zach Ryder merch. If you really like Zach Ryder, you can find his merch, but it ain't going to be at the tables at any show. That's all going to be Becky Lynch and Roman Reigns. You know, so it it is a bit like it is Vince definitely driving it towards those people like. Hey, everybody, remember, you're here for the steak. I ain't promoting the steak, so you're here for the for the shrimp. You're here for the damn steak. Right. Don't you forget it. But I'm and most people are. <laughs> well, that's fine. We've got some zucchini for you over here. Don't yeah. worry. You can still come in and enjoy your... Look, look, look. We do have zucchini. There you No, no. we got zucchini. Come on in. You should still come in, too. Right. Eat, 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 eat. You know, just most people are here for the steak. Uh, the, so. the closest example I know to give is if you go to the home... If you go to your homepage, if you go to YouTube.com, logged in as yourself... Who's at the top of the page? It's, it's the stake. It's the it's the big users. It's not your subscriptions. It's the mm-hmm. people they want you to see. It's the yeah, people the ones with that the biggest audience the that money. drives the highest ad revenues. Right. A la has the highest prices on. It's what we were saying earlier. It's what we were saying earlier about inertia. Yeah. You know, once it starts, once you're a once you're a big person on YouTube, they push you more on top of people's pages. Then people, more people watch it, and it just grows and grows and grows. Yep. 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 Same sort of same sort of idea. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Not Ringside News, Brad Shepard. Appreciate the questions. That's a lot of good stuff there. Uh, next up, Sean Clark, Mr. Mop Man himself. Uh, the Mop well, Man. Well, since wrestling has been so lackluster, I'm just going out there for what's your favorite pizza. Favorite toppings, favorite local spot, and favorite chain spot. Keep on Ooh. keeping on, everybody. We get through this together even when we are separated. Well thank said. You, sir. Well said, Mr. Mr. Moment of Positivity. Seriously. Keeping it positive. I love it. What is your favorite pizza, Ian? Forget forget brand or forget uh, chain or any of that kind of stuff. What is your favorite? What's your go-to pizza? Pepperoni, mushroom, ham, garlic. I'm a all the toppings, no black olives kind of guy. I can get with that. Because all I taste is black olives when there's black olives on the pizza. Not a fan of the peppers. That's me and peppers. Like, if you put peppers on it, all I can taste is the damn peppers. Yeah, that's a good point. So I could do do without peppers, but, yeah, you you can pretty much, any kind of meat. You can pretty much any kind of meat. I'll even mess with anchovies sometimes. Outside of chains, a la Papa John's, Domino's, Pizza Hut, etc., what is your favorite local spot for pizza in your area? Just to clarify, Papa John's is not pizza. It's actually recycled cardboard that they've taken uh, the the white greasy stuff that builds up under your sink, and they put that on top, um, along with some like old tomatoes they dug out of the garbage and spread it on top. It's not actually pizza. Um, favorite local spot? There's a there's a joint on the street for me called uh, uh, very originally. It's called Delicious Pizza, and they're I don't know what the hell they make their crust out of, but it's basically like artisan bread. Mm. Uh, only as a pizza crust, and then they use just it, it's 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 spendy. I get it very rarely because it is it is spendy because they use all really nice ingredients because you know it's L.A. and we fancy. Yeah, but it's it's L.A. is not known for its pizza. No, it's not, and with good reason because most of the pizza here sucks. It ain't. I've been to New York. I've been to Chicago. I've been all around. Our pizza here sucks. Pizza New York is in L.A. <laughs> New York is the real pizza. I'm putting that out there. Yep. I am I am an absolute acolyte of the New York pizza. Um, L.A. sucks. But Delicious Pizza is fantastic. One of the best places I've had in L.A. What about you, Nick? Um, for me, uh, I, I made the mistake of going to college uh, on Long Island, New York. 
So I was spoiled as a teenager by having infinite access to amazing uh-huh. pizza. Pretty much on every corner, there's a seven. You can get Seven Eleven pizza in New York, and it's amazing. Like, by the way, just, speaking of which, while we're, we're talking about New York pizza, Kyle in the chat just said that uh, controversial take: New York pizza is vastly overrated. And you know what, Kyle? That's fine. You're entitled to your opinion, even if you're wrong. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, so I'll say my favorite local spot that we found here in Raleigh is a place called Brothers of New York. And it's a legit family-run joint. They've got three or four locations here in the greater Raleigh area, but they are Brooklyn-based. They are, you know, and you go in there and you get a pie, and it's called a pie, and it's called a slice. So you can get a slice with any toppings you want on it, and you can get a pie with any toppings you want on it. They certainly have their own specialties, but they also have uh, wings, strombolis, calzones, lasagnas, all kinds of stuff. It's like you would go into Port Jeff or Islip or anywhere on Long Island or in Brooklyn, for that matter, and find a, just a, a pizzeria. And you walk in, and they've got the the whole tray with all the pies that they made for the day. It's fantastic. Just I absolutely love it. We order it, and it's reasonably priced, too. So we were very fortunate to be introduced to Brothers in New York. Uh, shout out to you guys if you happen to be listening to our little wrestling podcast. Uh, here in Raleigh, but it's fantastic. What about chain spot? What's your what's your go to chain spot? If you round table, round table, round table. That's not a my my top three. Is that a chain? Yes, it is. Absolutely. I, I thought we were chain. talking about like Domino's or Pizza Hut or some a franchise. Round table, round table is a franchise. I've it never heard is. of it. You've never heard of round table pizza? No. Oh, Nick, I'm gonna learn you next time you come out to L.A., man. Well, if it's just available in L.A., that's not really It's a... not. No, it's all over. All what do you right. mean you never heard of Roundtable? Chat, heard help of round me out here. <laughs> I've never, <laughs> never even heard that. Uh, Esme said Shakey's. Yeah, Shakey's I've heard of. Uh, I, I'm, I definitely lean on the, the Domino's side of the world. In the 80s as a kid and in early 90s as a kid, it was, it was mostly Pizza Hut here in the Carolinas. But they went to absolute dog shit. Uh, one of the things I do remember when, you, when I was broke and in high school and you know, late '90s time frame is Pizza Hut used to do these like all-you-can-eat buffets for eight dollars. Then it was just all the pizzas. What was the one that CC's Pizza? That was the one. You go in for like three bucks and you could just. What have you done, Sean? Look what you've done to us. Eat <laughs> pizza for four hours and all of the uh, crap for like three dollars when you were a broke teenager or broke college well, student. I know what I'm having during WrestleMania. Yep, pizza, beer. Oh, pizza. Yeah, all pizza right. and beer. Yeah, well, goes well together. Thank you, Sean. Uh, great question. Love that stuff. Uh, Andy Jessup. Next up, with his sudden and for- with this sudden and forced change in the way wrestling is done, do you see a permanent change in the presentation of wrestling? What do you think those could be? You guys are amazing and deserve all the love. So are all my fellow phenomenal ones. I love each and every one of you Thank equally. You, and yes, that love goes away when our when we're all losers Sunday night, the championship comes back home. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. <laughs> He's throwing down. He's throwing on the right. gauntlet. Ex-champ. Right. Ex-champ, right. Andy Jessup. So I love you been until to the I promised land. I guess is the question. He's been to the promised <laughs> land before, and he's saying that you know he's not going to let the love he has for all of us get in the way of him attempting to dominate us, which he won't be able to do because obviously you and I are going to come in first and second next. So it's fine. Right. Uh, uh, his question was, uh, sudden, do you yeah. see a permanent – is there a permanent change – uh, in the presentation of wrestling. Yeah. Eh, I think WWE is going to snap right back to what it was doing before with maybe like we might notice a couple of production stuff that they were like, that was a good idea. But I think that overall, no, it's just going to go right back the way it was. Yeah. Um, I do too. I, uh, again, minus a couple of production things. 
Like, I don't, I doubt it because they like showing the crowd size. So they're not going to keep the hard cam facing the stage. But I could see, like, maybe they figured out, like, hey, man, it's actually really kind of cool to have the camera guys over here or, uh, or whatever. But I have a feeling, I mean, they've been doing it for decades. Decades. I don't think a couple of months is going to suddenly change no. the way that they've been doing part, it. Part oh, of the sorry. whole presentation is that that wide shot of the wrestler yeah. coming down the ramp with a whole screaming crowd right. behind it. Like that, We're going to go right back to that kind of stuff. Uh, hard, I, it would be interesting to see the hard cam changed to face the ramp and the Tron, but you're going to have all kinds of lighting issues. You're going to get shit blurred out. It, that's one of the reasons they, they don't do that is because of how intense those lights are coming off the Tron. It blows the cameras out. Yep. Uh, and it's almost uncontrollable. Um, go back and watch Edge's Edge coming out at Rumble. Watch how blown out and overexposed that whole shot got. Uh, yeah, that, as far as permanent changes, I, I don't I don't know if there are any, man. I, I, think, I, I think we've figured out how to do a wrestling show at this point uh, from, a produ- <laughs> from a production standpoint. Yeah, I think um, they have their, th- their, their, their way they want to do it, and they're going to go right back to it as soon as possible because yeah. they're comfortable with it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, next up, Martin asked, uh, who is your go-to character in 2K WWE games? I, you know, I one, I think I said this on the Twitch stream, I, I'm terrible at actually playing the game. What right. I'm good at is the creative side of it, like coming up with folks and dressing them and coming up with their names. and th- like That's all I've done for the past... I think I've paid, played three to four of them in the past ten years. I think it started with s- 16... 16, 17, 18, I definitely played. And then I, I got 20 to do the BWO universe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I don't know that I ever spent a lot of time playing matches. I was creating stuff. See, I, I, I have played them over the years, and I, I tend to do the same thing in most video games, whether that's you know Skyrim or Dark Souls or any of the video games that I play. Yeah. If, if it's any kind of adventure game or any kind of game where you have to fight, any combat game, I tend to, I tend to be the tank. I'm yep. always the tank. The bigger, slower dude who, you know, takes a couple of hits, but then one hit and he'll take you down. I'm always playing Taker. Taker or Kane are my dudes. So, yeah. All right. Good call. Uh, thank you, Martin. Next up, Brian asks, while this is obviously not how we want to see our wrestling presented, do you think WWE may try and use this as a partial reset on some talent and presentation after the only WrestleMania that's too big for one night? Maybe uh-huh. reevaluate his current talent and try new things like he did during the transition from the new generation to the Attitude Era and again from the Attitude to Ruthless Aggression. Uh, anyway, hope everyone is healthy and safe and thanks again for putting on awesome shows. Um, here's what I'll say real quick is that Vince is never short on ideas of things to try. Vince is never <laughs> for better short or for worse. For yeah. better or for worse. Uh, Ruthless Aggression, uh, you know, it's been presented to us that they really didn't know what to do post Stone Cold, post Rock. Right. That's, like, That's what the drove wall, them from sticks. six yep. to nine million viewers every week. So if, you, if you've watched that show, they highlight a few things. They introduced new superstars. They had the invasion stuff happen. They had uh, the Elimination Chamber, the Money in the Bank. All of these things get introduced. There was all kinds of innovation happening throughout the decade. Uh, do I think they could still come up with some new stuff? Hell yes. You've got Paul Heyman, and you've got um, Pritchard's back. You've got all kinds of stuff. What I think is some new, some new ideas need to get uh, ingested here, and I'm not sure with that old stable of guys from the '90s if that's going to be a, sort of allowed to happen or from, even from what I was encouraged. Yeah. What I was hearing him say was, "Do you think this will be a partial reset for some characters?" And I, I, I read that as. 
repackaging. And yeah. I think that they were already in a transitional place on a few characters, some guys further along than others, like whatever the hacker gimmick is on SmackDown. Mustafa Ali. And, um, you know, whatever they're planning on doing with Ricochet and Cedric. And there's a few other guys that, like, if they do stop and take a hiatus after WrestleMania, which is a rumor, uh, or if they go to minimal storyline, they're going to have a lot of opportunity to really repackage guys. Will they? They might. I mean, that's, that's as good a time as any. WrestleMania is a good, like, hard stop to storylines. Uh, a lot of things are going to wrap up. And then you'll have the opportunity to, to, to do that. Could they? Yeah, I think it's, a, it's, it's likely and for some people, maybe necessary. So, yeah. Hope so. I, yeah, Actually, I, 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 hope, I hope they do try it. Yeah, it's absolutely necessary on some talent, but I'm just, I have no bearing on or idea of like who or how many. Um, mm-hmm. I'm more interested to, let's, let's baby steps, right? Let's get back to where we have crowds again. Let's make sure that post beyond Monday, you know, we did hear that AEW has taped two months worth of content that they can have for TV. So far, all we know is that WWE's got Monday Night Raw done. Beyond that, we don't know. So I think there's a lot of uncertainty out there in the world right now about when we're going to get it back. Let's get it back first, and then we can start talking about like what superstars. Is there a big transition here between eras? Are we going to transition out of the PG era into whatever the next era is? Maybe, maybe. I don't. I don't know how much you know. In- the post-crisis era, right? Good Lord, exactly. The post-apocalyptic era, you know, something like that. Who knows? Do, is everybody coming out in masks and face shields? You know, wrestling with with latex gloves on. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows what's about to happen in the next couple of months, man. Uh, you can listen to all, see all the data you want, but there's a lot of stuff that's gonna gonna change in the here in the next couple of months. Uh, what won't change is this show will continue to go on. As long as Yay! I have internet and power, this show will go on. <laughs> right until the until the infrastructure collapses, we right. will continue to do the show. Which is actually the really scary part. When we well, don't don't let, let right. don't move right, on. Right, Come right, on, right, don't, right. don't anyway. get on that. Thanks, Brian. Great question. Next up, Esme. Uh, buenas tardes, papas. Buenas tardes. What? Why would you say it like that? She wrote it. In, <laughs> she wrote it in Spanish. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't trying to do like some Don one. Buenas tardes, papá. Buenas tardes. Buenas tardes. Español. Es bueno. <laughs> el latino. Hola, Esme. ¿Cómo estás? Es en la casa, baby. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, happy WrestleMania Day, indeed. If Edge had never gotten injured, what would his car- what would his career might have looked like? Apologies if this has been asked before. If it has, follow-up question, what's your favorite Mexican dish? Um, Ooh. Cool. What would edges? Are we doing the? Are we doing that first? I mean, or it's hard to beat uh, um, a wet burrito with enchilada sauce and green chile salsa verde on it. Are you are you craving coming back to LA all of a sudden, sir? Listen, all right. I have to tell a story here. So you you think about <laughs> what, you think about Edge for a second. Okay. Last <laughs> night here in the neighborhood in Raleigh, uh, somebody said, "Hey guys, good news." We found a taco truck to come to the neighborhood. And I was like, because <gasps> if there is anything I miss about living in Los Angeles, it's me- proper Mexican food. So when I saw that it was like they had the whole menu, they had gorditas, they had tortas, they had burritos, tacos, quesadillas, everything, yeah. right? Tortas. Tortas. Enchiladas. Yeah, I love how you, all, of a sudden you, you, all of a sudden you start getting real, real Latino. Latino. When you start saying Mexican food, you're like, tortas. Ay. Tacos, guacamole. Because I respect the language. 
<laughs> okay, go on. Anyway, I got super excited. When it, when it showed up, it looked like one of the, 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 the clown's truck from Twisted Metal. It was this tiny little short van. It had two people in it, and I ordered, like, one of everything. I'm not kidding, ass Esther. I got a burrito. I got a quesadilla. I got, like, six tacos. I, I just loaded up, and I, got, I went home salivating. So I was like, oh, my God, proper Mexican food finally. It was terrible. Oh. It was so bad. And all it made me want to do is go to La Fagata in Van Nuys and just pig out on, on proper Mexican food. There is no Mexican food like SoCal. Like it's, I'm sure Mexico has great Mexican food, but there's something about, I don't know if it's in the water, uh, it's in the tortillas. There's something different about Mexican food in Southern California. And I, there's one thing I miss more than Surrey and Dangerous, it's Mexican food. Oh, well, thank proper, you, man. That's proper very, Mexican that's, food. Uh, but a wet, but a wet burrito, a wet shredded chicken burrito, that just does something to your soul, man. I, I just, I can't describe it. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, apparently it stuck with you. I'm a, I, I don't know. You can pretty much throw any kind of Mexican food at me, and I'm, and I'm, I'm game. I'm down. Um, also, green like chili I'm, in Santa Fe I was, in New Mexico. Green chili pork tamale oh. is just that's. Mwah. I will. I will be lying dead by the side of the road if you give me six of those because I'll just I just will I'll just be in a coma. The few times I've been to Mexico, the treat of Mexico is actually finding a proper mole sauce, mm. and it's some of those are hard to find in Southern California as well. There's one or two places that that I know of. One's in the Valley. I can't remember the name of the joint though. But there was there was a time I went to um, Mexico City, and I had someone take me to a Mexican place that I it was off the beaten path. And it's, that's one of those moments where you're like, shit, should I call somebody? Right. Um, but the, you walk in and it just the smell and the old Mexican grandmother comes out and gives you like a bowl of chips with <laughs> By the way, if you ever salsa, do come to right? LA and get and get stuff, if you ever go into a Mexican restaurant and there's not a grandma over in the corner making the tacos and burritos or by tamales, hand, like make, yeah. making 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 the the rolling up the, the corn uh, husks, the tortillas right? <laughs> if the tortillas by hand, get out. It's not it's not real. Yep, exactly. All right, yeah. so actual question here. What would Edge's career have looked like <laughs> if there if he had not been injured? And by the way, that's just Mexican food. We could get into like South, uh, Central right, and we, South America. We're running long too. here. We got shit to do. And and we got WrestleMania to get to. Come on. And I'm now starving. You've yes. got, got us on food. Pizza and, I'm just and like, Mexican uh, food. Damn you uh, all. <laughs> God, I want it. Um, Edge. I mean, Jesus, you can only imagine that it would have been even more legendary than it already is. Yeah. I mean, that was his prime. He was in his prime. He would have, he could have been top guy in that in that era because that was like you know CM Punk era, um, the rise of the Shield, the rise of a lot of uh, the guys who now are at the top of the card, and he would have been you know one of the older guard like a like a Randy Orton. Um, like a Sheamus, who I think is, you know, he's, you haven't seen as much of him because he's been out and injured and whatnot. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think that he would have, he would have actually connected those dots between that, those eras. Um, I can only imagine, I mean, that's the thing is he's already a Hall of Famer. You know, you can't really be too much more Hall of Famey than he already is. But he would have been. I think, I think he would have been even more legendary to have had even more legendary matches, big matches. Um, if there's yeah, somebody, I, honestly, that, I, if there's somebody besides John Cena throughout that whole era that has had the potential to have as many title reigns, as many big championship matches, as many many main events, even more so than Randy he Orton. already had, I 
Huh? Been Randy Orton. No. I think it could have <laughs> I think it would have been Edge. I think Edge would have been a strong third to those to uh, especially once Batista left. Yeah. Um I think that uh yeah. you know you you Edge Edge I, especially with the rise of like CM Punk and Edge could have had some really amazing stuff and CM Punk might have actually gotten his WrestleMania made event instead of the Miz. Um I think the things might have gone differently if Edge had been around. But we'll never know. All we, all, we, all we have to do is is be grateful that he's he's back now. Esme with the Omaha steaks again. That's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of great Mexican food, Yo, you ever gonna, next time you're making a burrito, cook up a fabulous Omaha tenderloin. <laughs> little Hey, a little Omaha sada. I'm not mad at it. Yep. Come on yep. now. If you've never done the pilgrimage to Albuquerque or Santa Fe, though, to get proper green chili. Oh, no, I've done, I've done it. I've absolutely. I came I'm back with a whole I'm big sure you have, but bag I'm, of I'm it. talking about oh, just I'm in a, general audience. I'm not a big. I'm not a big like red salsa dude. You throw some green salsa my way. Anything, any kind of green chili or green salsa, I'm an absolute fiend. I've got two things of of green Tabasco in my fridge right now, and I'm gonna run out within a week. And one of the worst mistakes Taco Bell ever made was getting me. rid of that green salsa, that Verde. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, don't. Oh, triggered. Triggered. Don't get started. <laughs> Move on. Move on. Okay, okay, okay. I'm Thank you, Esme. So Great questions. Uh, next oh. up, Kyle Cotton asks, tried asking this in an earlier mailbag, but just missed the cutoff, so here it goes. After okay. seeing Becky's truck over the past few weeks, it got me curious. If you were to make a reboot of the classic Cannonball Run film or Wacky Races, if you aren't familiar with the film, with current WWE oh. and AEW wrestlers who are your teams, what kind of vehicle are they driving and why? Oh, man. That's a- that's a big one. Let's just brainstorm some fun, like who would drive what. Uh, I mean, let's just say WWE versus AEW are the teams. Who's driving what? I mean, I mean let's I bring all the historical stuff in. Let's have Stone Cold in a beer truck. Uh, naturally. Uh, let's have Kurt Angle in the milk truck. Although Stone Cold did also have a Mac, a Mac truck like Becky did. Did he really? I thought he had a big yeah. pickup truck. I no, he, 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 had right. a big old, he had a big old Mac truck at one point. We'll, That's, we'll I think put, it's a direct we'll put Roman in an ambulance. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, Alexa Bliss in a really small pink Miata. Uh, <laughs> um, mankind in like an old beat up Oldsmobile. It's 1976. Yeah, like a Pontiac Cutlass. GT Cutlass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 86 Cutlass. Yes. Just, just messed up. Uh, <laughs> basically the one that you see crashing at the beginning of his entrance video. Um, oh God. You have, you got to put big show in a, you go oh. just all squeezed in. It's there. like high tower like, in police academy. Arms- <laughs> Remember that? I think it was arms hanging three. out the side, like holding the steering wheel with three fingers. Yeah. <laughs> or he has to like reach around the a pillar of the steering wheel through the windshield to steer the car. Right, right. With his, like, I, two I'm, fingers. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm not even thinking about Cannibal Run. I'm thinking about, uh, I'm also thinking about Death Race 2000 and Mario Kart when oh, I'm yeah. thinking about this for some reason. I'm just imagining Big Show being kind of like Bowser, like just hanging out over the side of the car. Right. just doing, burp, 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 burp. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, let's see. What else you got? JBL uh, in the limo. I, I'm trying to think of like significant JBL on the cars limo. with the big horns uh, on the front, the long horns. Take her in a hearse. Take her in a hearse. Uh, yes. <laughs> Or on the bike. Yeah, depending on the taker, depending on when you do this. Either, either on the bike uh, or, yeah. Uh, Daniel Bryan is in a 
environmentally friendly car made of hemp or a <laughs> right, Tesla. Exactly. Daniel Bryan's in a Tesla. No, Tesla's too that's, that's too that's too fancy. He's in like he's in like a, a Volvo that runs only on uh, bio uh, biodiesel bio biodiesel that exactly. he makes at home himself. <laughs> right, right. He's one of those guys. Yeah, he like he like drinks a whole bunch of. Uh, he manufactures uh, it in his garage from his compost pile in the backyard. I know a couple of those guys. It just it's we want to be independent right. of the fuel economy. What is it okay. that what is it that uh uh Willie Nelson drives his 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 tour bus runs on hemp oil or something like that? Like something something crazy. I'm just imagining Daniel Bryan like just just chugging a whole bunch of temp oil and just peeing it into his gas tank. Right. Um <laughs> Damn. Um let's see. Shayna Baszler, have you ever seen Shayna Baszler's actual muscle car? Yeah, she's got a 66 Mustang. Oh my god, it's No, the it's a 71. Car. I think it's a 71 Mach 1 if I'm not mistaken. It's just it oh, 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 oh. I know my, I know I wasn't my, a, I know my American muscle. American. I wasn't a, I wasn't a fan of hers before that did it right there. I was like, "Damn, that is a good car." I feel, oh. like, uh, I feel like it's a it's an early 70s Mach 1. Uh, I'm looking real quick. No, uh Shana, give me one second here, because now I'm deathly curious. Uh, she's got a sixty. It's a sixty-nine Mustang. Sixty-nine. That sounds. Yeah, that was a Mustang. Yeah, that's right. All right. It well, Mach One's a Mustang. Yeah. Uh, but she's also got a Tesla. Two Teslas. It looks like. Chucky e. T is driving his mom's minivan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Him and him and Trent and Orange Cassidy in a minivan. It's like like. Oh. <laughs> With like kids' soccer soccer shoes in the back seat. I just saw a picture of her with Jessamyn Duke and got a little triggered. So I'm going to close that real quick. Yeah, uh, don't 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 uh, think about it. Nope, nope, nope. Um, Rusev in his tank for sure. Oh for sure. yes, gold dust in the gold Cadillac. I'm reading from the from the from the chat. Esme and Lyle, uh, uh, tipping out on this. Absolutely, absolutely. Dude, just yeah, that would be that would be really fun. Like all these, but again, I want I want Death Race 2000. I want them like running over people. Jacob says Hangman Page on a horse. Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. Because you know Hangman rides a horse, of course. That is, of course, unless the horse. Nobody rides a horse, of course, like famous Hangman Page. Oh, geez. We're getting punchy. (laughs) It's almost like it's WrestleMania time. Thank you very much, Kyle. That's a fun one. Uh, Closing things out here, Mr. Marshall. Happy six months to the mailbag. Thank you, man. Has it been six it's months? October, hey, yeah, right. October fourth. We launched it with wow. AEW, uh, the the new Happy. era of BWO. Uh, after the Tiger King came out on Netflix a few weeks ago, we were introduced to the, the feud of Carol Basket. Ti- yeah, what? With the what? Tiger King. What is it? Joe Exotic. What's that? Uh, anyway, we were introduced to the feud of Carol Basket and Joe Exotic. So, what feuds in Who? wrestling do you feel was more personal than scripted? For me, it was the feud with Edge and Matt Hardy when they had legit beef outside the ring. It was one of the last ideas Vince had that really paid off. I mean, how do you top them that fighting over Lita, basically, right? For for combining reality, like real, like real grit. Pardon the pun with with Edge there, but like just the 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 the, the grittiness of that feud. Like, how do you top that? Matt actually genuinely getting fired. Like, there were so many aspects of that feud that just made it so brutal and so personal. Um, I, I do not know if I can think of one where they I mean, I'm, let I'm guys not gonna lie. who hate each other Miz that and Maurice much. Per- doing John Cena and Nikki Bella made me laugh hard. 
that's yeah, of course, but that was that was not like this. We're talking we're talking about like actual beef. Oh, I don't know that there's ever been anything on that level. Like they've done they've done stuff that like is a little too close to reality, like making fun of of Jake the Snake's alcoholism and making fun of Macho Man's possessiveness over Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, and doing that whole angle. I mean, that they've got tried real, to real quick. They've tried to break people up before. Like you know, we were just watching on on the the Benoit documentary about what happened with with Kevin Sullivan and woman and him. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like Kevin Sullivan booked his own divorce. Isn't that the joke? Yep. But he never booked the angle afterwards where he gets revenge, and that's what Matt Hardy and, and Edge was. They so into I, it. maybe, maybe my mind's just frazzled because I'm thinking of WrestleMania, but I, I cannot think of anything that was, unless we, uh, I feel like I'm forgetting something. I feel like there's, there's something from ECW or one of the grittier wrestling companies where there was actually gnarlier. Like I remember when, when they cut off Messiah's thumbs but that was a gang hit thing, you know. I mean, you know, they, they've they've had that before, and it wasn't really storyline. Um, I don't. I Tanahashi got Tanahashi got Tanahashi got stabbed by his girlfriend, but that wasn't storyline. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think when when guys actually had real beef and were allowed to work to that extent and ended up being that professional about it. And I can't, I can't, I can't think of something that's more personal than that. Yeah, me either. Uh, it's it's hard to top that one, and I, I think he I mean, Marshall Marshall uh, just asked in the in the chat. He said Miz and Brian felt personal. Yeah, but it was more of just kind of like a professional pride thing. It wasn't like you stole my girl, you piece of crap. You know what I mean? It was more just about like like he hurt Daniel Bryan's feelings. Yeah, you know what I mean. But he didn't like actually egregiously wound the guy. Um. I don't know. Fiend going into Miz and messing with his family. Do we count that? Going in and messing with his baby in the crib. No, that's storyline. I'm talking about real, Nick. I, I know. That I know it's that, hard. Wait, for that you. wasn't real. I I know. I know it's hard for you to, to distinguish what's real and what's not. Dang it! But no, that was not real. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I'm having trouble placing one bigger than than Hardy Edge over Lita. Yeah, uh, there's and and as saying, Sean and Hogan again. That was just a professional dispute. Uh, Hogan didn't want to put Sean over. Sean wasn't having it, so Sean decided to make a fool of Hogan. But that's still not like on the like like someone did something wrong, right? Let's say let's say uh, like Hogan destroyed Sean's car or something like intentionally, yeah, destroyed his car, um, like really did something bad to him. Like and, and Sean ended up in jail as a result. I mean, Hogan's gone to jail for the Wild Samoans because you know they had a gun in the car and they had to keep kayfabe and not speak English, right? But I mean, like going going to jail for somebody is one thing, but like having them intentionally send you to jail, like I'm saying, like someone really messes you with you in real life, not in wrestling, and then you have to come back and they go, "Hey, you know how he totally screwed up your life? Well, we're gonna make that storyline, and you're gonna have to act like you're mad at him." And you're like, "I am mad at him," and they go, "Cool, then just work snug." That's what they did with Edge and Matt Hardy. That's what they did with them. I I can't think of any other time that they've done that. Where they've got, okay, you guys can be professional, right? I know you hate each other's guts in real life for good reasons, but go out there and be professional. That's That was a crazy mm. feud. Mm. I can't think yeah. of it anymore. Yeah, I Mainly can't. because I'm, all I can think about right now is what in the hell is going to happen here in the next two to three hours with WrestleMania. 
because I got a lot of work to do to put all you guys' picks together. Thank you so yeah. much, everybody, for all of your patron questions every oh, single week. Guys. They're amazing. All your contributions to the show. It is the best way to support the show is sign up on Patreon to quote Dubstep Rob that if you guys are looking for the best way to do that, it is Patreon or here in the tip jar on the show. It's one of the reasons why we haven't really started doing ads because you guys have been so awesome at contributing to uh, to those efforts. So thank you. Real quick, they did uh, real, uh, just to add on that last question, they did just bring up Brett and Sean. That is a, that's a pretty close one because there might have been something going on with Sonny. Um, but that's never really, we've never really heard about that. And I don't think either of them were close enough to Sonny the way that Matt and Edge were to Lita. No. Sonny was more of kind of like a jumped up ring rat. Yeah, and, at Jen, that point. and Lita was over AF compared to what Sonny was. Like people actually cared about. Sonny Lita. was over AF, dude. Not Maybe like you don't Lita. remember, but Sonny like was Lita. over AF. Well, not, she just couldn't like wrestle Lita. like she couldn't wrestle like Lita, right. but she was over. Yeah. Anyway, okay, but yeah, yeah that's, that's, a, that's a close one. That's a close one. <laughs> she's she's recovered. She's actually looking looking a lot better. She's All apparently right. uh, re- recovering. So, and pro- props to her for that. Anywho. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> as, it, as, as, as you were, sir. Yeah. Going home to WrestleMania. Yeah, we are literally going home to go. WrestleMania. Just a reminder, we will be doing a live show tonight. Whenever WrestleMania ends, give us about 15 oh, to God, 30 minutes right. to, yeah. uh, to, to get back on and get everything set up and catch our breath after what's bound <gasps> to be a pretty crazy show tonight. So uh, there will be confirmed a kickoff show starting at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific. We will be doing the watch party in Facebook, pending mm. their live streaming of whatever the hell it actually is, because it's all pre-taped at this point. Uh, they did do some stuff today on the bump, a pretty long show, so we'll see if it's something like that, or if they actually have Sam Roberts, Coach, Renee, etc., Charlie, doing something on the pre-show. But we'll see you guys in the Facebook group, or on the page, I should say, uh, at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific, for the kickoff show for tonight's festivities at WrestleMania 36. Uh, make sure you over, or you're following us over on Facebook. Just search for Busted Wide Open, like our page, send us a join request to get into the group so you can see all of these awesome promos that all of the, the phenomenal ones are cutting on each other. Uh, mm. Make sure you get your pick-ems in. you got about 30, little less than 30 minutes to get them locked in. As long as they're in my inbox or in my Facebook messages, time stamped before 5 p.m., you're good to go. It's going to take me a little bit to get all of the bets and everything loaded in because Ian and I have to go get ours ready in the next little <gasps> bit for going in raw. And that's we're going to do some strategery, some strategeries there to make sure that we come out on top against Lars and the Steven. So, uh, follow us. Come over and join us in the Facebook discussion group. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BWO Podcast. Make sure you're in the Discord for tonight and tomorrow night for the live chats. You do not want to miss out on those, I promise. Uh, And last but certainly not least, the thing that makes this show in particular possible, this patron mailbag, all of our patrons, the phenomenal ones. Thank you guys so much for your contributions every single month. It means the absolute world to us and allows us to even do this show specifically in the first place to answer all of your questions. If you'd like to get in on that, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. You just got to be in the $5 tier to ask those questions and you get a copy of the show notes. And you can compete in our Patrons Pickups Challenge four times a year at the Big Four WWE pay-per-views. But above that, bonus episodes, sweet swag, Skype calls with both of us, all kinds of good stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO. We'll see you guys tonight for WrestleMania night one of the show that's too big for just one night. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me over on Twitter at Data Center Dude. 
And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! Somebody stop the damn match! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.